following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Okay, so today's topic is um, disinheritance. It's a very sensitive topic for some of us. Disinheritance? Yes, so we, the, the case recently... No, Nobody's doing that. You mean it like they're disinheritance and there's that inheritance? Like that? Okay, so the... Uh, Recently, um, I don't know, it was a few weeks back, um, he, what's his name again? Zuckerberg, that's his first name, Mark Zuckerberg. Facebook, Mr. Facebook, nice Jewish boy married to a nice Asian woman. Um, he, uh, he, he announced that he's giving away 99%, David, David, 99% of his career, 99% of his uh, stock of his shares in Facebook. Um, I believe his other stuff was also included. He's giving it away to uh, to charities. Yeah. Um, so it is. I think he just made like 20 billion in the last day. Price going up. Right. So actually, the worth at the time he announced it, the worth was around 45 billion. 99 percent of the stock would be 45 billion. Okay. So he's giving it away um, to to advance human potential and promote equality for all children in the next generation. Okay, um, now he has, he, uh, this was right after the birth of his daughter. His daughter's name is... Oh, just son, Max. No. Oh, daughter, Max. Right, their daughter, Max. Right, so his name is Mark Zuckerberg. He's married to Priscilla Chan. He's giving away 99% of his stock. So I want to discuss that from the Torah perspective. Is that a good thing? You think, listen, he's giving it to charity. It's a great thing. Um, so what is the halacha, um, what does Jewish law say about that? Um, as far as taking your money and giving it away, not giving it to your children. So again, giving it to charity, you think it's a good thing. Um, I don't know what charity is giving it to. By the way, in, in actuality, um, if you do look, if you do look at, uh, if you read about it, um, and I forgot, I don't put it out, but there are many articles really in essence saying that he's just, it's really just a tax shelter. He didn't actually give it away. He put it into, he didn't even open a foundation. He basically opened another LLC and put all the money, put all the shares in that LLC. So he completely owns it. It's more or less a tax shelter. Um, so there's, there's questionable issues if he actually even really gave it away. He still owns it. Um, he claims he's giving it away. But what's the, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to go to causes, um, uh, not to his daughter. Um, but right now, he's still technically, it's under his ownership. But the 1%. Um, he didn't say anything about him. I'm sure we'd go to his daughter. That's the assumption. Um, that is the assumption. And that's probably a lot of money. That is true. So we're going to discuss that. So, so um, we, 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 we didn't get a copy. Elliot, is there, Jeff? Do you have a copy of this there? Is there an extra one? Any extra ones there? Okay, so. Uh, so it says like this, so the first thing that we need to be aware of, and this is something I believe we've mentioned here in the past, which is there's something known um, in Talmudic times, in Talmud and Kisubo discusses it, it's not something, there's a concept known as Takanat Usha. Usha was the name of a place um, in Babylonia where they enacted, um, one day they did many enactments to, to help society at the time. One of their enactments was known, as Takanat Usha was known that, um, in Hebrew the term is, 
They enacted a cap on charity. They said, even if you, as we know, charity is a good thing. But they said, if you're giving charity, you cannot give away more than a fifth of your net worth. It's prohibited to give away more than a fifth of your net worth. Okay, that was an enactment um, of USHA at the time. Okay, and there's a, there's a lot of discussion as to why, um, obviously the assumed purpose of the enactment was because the, obviously the purpose of charity is to help other people that are indigent, people that can't afford to live, right, so you're helping them. But if you yourself are going to give away so much charity that you might end up on the, on the, welfare, on the welfare dole, okay, so then we don't want you giving away all that money. Because we have a principle, as we discussed here in the past many times, which is Chayach in your life takes precedence. So, so if you're going to give away so much of your money that you're going to end up in the poorhouse, so then that defeats the purpose of charity. Um, so therefore, to protect um, the person, the, they enacted, on that day in Usha, they enacted this enactment which states that one who lavishes money to charity should not lavish more than a fifth of it, lest he become dependent on people for his support. Okay, so, so giving away more than a fifth of your net worth is, we don't allow that. In general, I don't know. That's good to know that. One yeah, percent um, is worth four hundred and fifty million dollars. Yes, well, that's the question. Is there an exception oh. to this rule, um, or not? Right. But there's different lifestyles. So we'll, we'll get to that point. So that's a good point. In this case, one percent, uh, you know, might be more than most other people. I don't think it matters in the case of Zuckerberg. I don't think he knows what a tour is. So that's true. Okay. He's married to Yeah. So. Yes, the kid's not Jewish. That is a good point. So, so it, it, I don't. I'm not trying to tell Mark Zuckerberg he has to learn halacha. The point is just to discuss it from that perspective. I see that. I don't know if he cares. Yes, true. Um, so now the, there's a few questions I posed. One is, what was the law before Russia? I mean, what was the concern here? Was the concern that people people were giving away everything they own? I mean, that just sounds um, not so feasible. Pass it that way. Was here to, to the attorney. Okay, so what was the law before uh, before Usha? I mean, what were people doing? Were people actually giving away all their money. Um, the other question is, what does this apply to? Because um, most authorities say explain that this law of Usha is not only limited to charity. That means it would apply to any mitzvah, any mitzvah of the 613 commandments in the Torah. That you are not obligated to spend more than your a fifth of your net worth to observe that mitzvah. Okay, so for example, let's say you're getting uh, you're getting bar mitzvah and you need a pair of tefillin. Okay, so the tefillin costs more than a fifth of your net worth. So according to these opinions, that means you wouldn't have to buy it. You're exempt from wearing tefillin. You'd be exempt from performing a mitzvah, assuming the money that it would cost doesn't mean making the party. Your son's bar mitzvah, that's not a mitzvah. That part's not a mitzvah. But meaning actually spending money on a mitzvah, right, is not, you're not obligated to spend more than a fifth of your net worth for any mitzvah. It's taken from this law, even though the law initially was discussed in the context of charity, um, but some apply to all mitzvahs. It's good to know that. Um, again, this doesn't mean a negative commandments. That means for, Torah says don't uh, kill someone. You can't say, well, uh, it's going to cost me more than a fifth of my net worth if I don't kill this guy. Therefore, I'm allowed to kill. It means, it means again, positive commandments, only positive commandments. Negative commandments, you have to spend your whole net worth in not to violate a negative commandment. Yes. What about a child? Depends on the child. Let's not get personal. But um, but um, so it's a good question. You're saying we you know one of the mitzvahs is the first mitzvah of the Torah is procreation. So you're saying if you're having a child, you're gonna it's gonna cost you more than a fifth of your worth. It's, a, it's an excellent question because it is a positive commandment, it's not a negative commandment. That's a good question. Intuition, especially the Jewish day school tuition. It's, it's a problem. Good point. I don't know the answer. I'm assuming it's a good question. 
Okay, so um, now the other question is some, if there's a discussion whether this is just advice or is it actually prohibited? Um, meaning, is it just saying, listen, if you don't want to get into the poorhouse, make sure you don't give away too much charity because giving too much charity can get you, can, can obviously, you might have to come out the hands out. But most authorities do interpret this ruling to say that it's actually prohibited. It's not just good advice, it's actually prohibition to, um, to give away more than a fifth of your net worth. Okay, now the question that we're all saying, that we're discussing here, is there an exception? So for someone like Mark Zuckerberg, who's, a, who's giving away 45 billion, but he still has a couple of billion after that, so is that an issue? I mean, do we say there's an exception to the rule for a billionaire? Um, how does that work? Okay, so, so Alan, you're saying there's an exception here. If you're a billionaire, you're saying there's an exception. And where do you draw the line? What about a millionaire? Well, no, well this is for Jewish people. Isn't the highest way of, of giving to do it quietly without making an announcement saying here I'm giving? That is true. <coughs> so is it, does he have ulterior does he have ulterior motives here? Well like, like I said before, there might be ulterior motives in the sense that it's all just a tax shelter from the tax shelter. But the other thing is that that it's also I mean that it, there is that's the highest level of charity. It doesn't make it that it's not charity if you're if you're announcing it. As a matter of fact, if your goal in announcing it is if you've ever been in touch any synagogue in this town, we're not going to mention specific synagogues, but there's, every piece of toilet paper has a sponsor on it, right? has the, someone's name sponsored by. So the, so actually the, there's a lot of discussion back way back when, not in contemporary times even, it's not a new thing of sponsoring uh, everything in a synagogue, but that it's actually a good thing to, in certain cases to publicize your mitzvah because then it will incentivize others. So if by publicizing your charity, that will incentivize others to give, um, so let's say in this case, Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know his intention, his true intention, but let's say that he's doing it for the sense of showing other billionaires that it's a good thing to give away your money. So that might be a good thing. So again, depending on what your intention is, of course the highest level of charity is to do it anonymously. I think he wants Bill, to do it because he Right, he's going to want to stay in the league with Bill. He, no, but then he probably helped promote, led to this one. Probably led to, to Mark Zuckerberg because he got. Right, that's what I'm saying. So you see, incentivizing right. with charity specifically so is a good thing. People like uh, what we call cover, like the name on the building, and like the name on the toilet paper, or whatever. The other thing I think makes this thing different, perhaps, in the, in the Jewish law, setting aside the issue of whether he's Jewish or whether it's the fact that he's not giving this money away now. He's giving it away after. after the, you. Okay, so, so that's so a good not, point. So yeah. it could be different than saying you because he can't get poor after. Very good point. That's an excellent point. Stephen making the point, so this Takanas Usha seemingly would be, um, if, if we're saying the logic, the rationale behind it is the fact that you, you shouldn't end up in the poorhouse, so I'm giving it after I die, I'm putting it in my will, so that's not an issue. It shouldn't be an issue because over there I don't need it anymore. Um, it's not for me, I'm not going to end up in the poorhouse. Okay, so, so that's, that's a very good point, so we're going to get to that in a second. Um, so the issue there is, so there's another, so that's, so if you look at source number two, it says like this, it says, um, there was a case in the Talmud, a uh, story, it says Marukfa, Marukfa was dying, um, he was a big rabbi, he used to give a lot of charity, and he was dying, he said, bring me my charity records, he wanted to check his records to see how much charity he gave during his lifetime. Um, so he found written therein they had given several thousand Siankian dinars. Um, and I don't know what that is in modern times, but it was a lot, of, a heck of a lot of money. Okay, I don't know if it was 99% of Facebook stuff, but it was, it was, uh, it was a lot. Mm -hmm. He remarked, 
So when he saw his records, how much he gave away, he said, my provisions are light and the way is long. Meaning, um, this is a very Kabbalistic, the Kabbalah talks about this a lot, but in general, um, it's believed that a charity is something that helps you um, not only in this life, but in the next life too. So it helps for eternity. So what he said was, listen, my provisions are, you know, eternity is a long time. So the more charity you give during your lifetime, the more it's going to help you. Um, the, more, the, more, the more you give now, the better your eternity is. Okay, put that in right there. Like it's enough. Okay, so, uh, so he's saying, so he remarked, his provisions are light and the way is long. So meaning it's a long time eternity. So he says he wants to give more. So he went ahead and lavished half his assets to charity. So again, he's on his death, but he gave away half his assets to Tzedakah. Um, how was he how permitted? Was his life in eternity afterwards? I haven't met him. Okay. I'm scared to ask. Let's see if the end's just I'm not ready to ask him that question. It's like a. The rabbis came up with a long time before you found out. There's a great Holocaust story like that with a guy. Yeah, the rabbis came up with that give a lot. The guy goes, this guy was wearing his tits in the camps. I'll tell you a great story. I read I read it from the rabbi that that published the, he was asked this question in the in the concentration camp. This guy was wearing a sitsis and uh, under his clothing and, and, and there was a lineup and the SS guard comes to him and says, uh, what could you wear in, in Germany? He says, wear God's clothing God's clothing in a place like this. It's all you've seen and he, he slaps him and he and uh, he says, If I see you wearing one more time I'm gonna shoot Of course the next day the guy is wearing his sitsis again under his garment. So the SS guy is about to shoot him, the guy's pleading for his life. So he said, okay, I give you one hour. If you can tell me how you can still believe in God after all you've seen in a place like this, I'll, I won't kill you. Otherwise, he says you're dead. So an hour, so he, an hour later, he comes to, comes to the guy's barracks, the SS guy's barracks. So he says, I don't have an answer for you, how I can believe in God. He says, there's only one person who could answer the question. He says, I'm not ready to ask him yet. He says, <laughs> so he let him go, the Nazi let him go. So in any case, there's, so I'm saying I'm not ready to ask the question. To ask him how his so eternity. You go ask. I'll help you. You want to go ask? <laughs> so uh, you let him off. You let him. You let him off. So anyway, so the question. So the Talmud asked the question: How can one? How is he allowed to give away half his assets here? We're saying we just said we takanat usha. The enactments of usha said you can't give away more than a fifth of your net worth. Here he's giving away half of his assets. So that's the question. How is he permitted to do so? In Usha, they enact the one who lavishes money to charity should not lavish more than a fifth. So the Gemara answers, the Talmud answers, that pertains only during one's life. As Steve said, that enactment was only during your lifetime. What you're going to give away after you die, you can give it all away. That, that's not a problem because, again, we're not concerned about you ending up in the poorhouse. That's the concern. So once what happens after you die is irrelevant. Okay? So that's what the Talmud answers. But now, so the issue is, becomes like this. There's still an issue, and I can get into the details, but the Torah does have a concept of uh, what's called Yerusha. The Torah outlines in Deuteronomy as to who your money goes to after you die. Um, okay, the Torah says very clearly, uh, there's, and there's different rules. It says, for example, the firstborn, and I don't want to get personal there, but the firstborn gets a double portion. Firstborn male, male gets a double portion. Um, Let's not get put on a no fight. No fighting there in class. We have to class. We have attorneys here. We have a state attorneys here. Finally, got the answer. We have a state attorneys here. Now he knows why he's here. So again, so firstborn gets double portion. Now the proud. So now there is a halachic issue. Today, most people leave wills, and even those days, so there's a loophole, like everything in Judaism, there's a nice loophole, which is the loophole is. 
you, there's something called a halachic will, which is written. It's written like a will, and you can give it to everyone. But what you're doing is, it says, it takes effect one second before I die. You actually, you know, meaning the problem is because you can't, if you write a will that's giving away your money to, to let's say, a different child or this child, not that child, so you go, technically, you're, you're going against the Torah. You're violating the Torah. The Torah says after you die, this is who your money belongs to. The Torah splits it up, tells you who it goes to. So it happens automatically upon death. So the problem is if you leave a will, it's going against the Torah. So people who know about this, not many people know about this law, um, so they, what they do is they write something called halachic will, which basically the halachic will states, it's a regular will and it's a legal will, it's done for each state according to the laws of the state, but you, it just, it takes effect one minute before the person dies, so the, legally, so this way you're circumventing, because the Torah only says after you die it belongs to this, say, double portion to the firstborn son. But what happens before you die, you can give it all away, and you can second before you die. So, but, so the Talmud talks about, um, so that's what the Talmud says here. The Shulchan Aruch rules, the Code of Jewish Law says, at the time of his death, a man may give to charity anything that he wishes. So what happens after you die? Again, charity, you can give it all away. You can give it to as much as you want. Now the question is, how much? So the number four, they discussed, the commentary discussed, that even at the time of one's death, he should not donate his entire estate to charity. That bequest should not exceed one third of one, uh, one's asking. So, according to this opinion, it's not everything. You shouldn't give everything away, even after that. Should only you can only give up to one third away to charity. Um, meaning, the point is, so this is a different issue, which we're concerned about. That, as we know, states many times there's fights between siblings, and if you you know, not leave anything for your spouse, for your, for your children, it's not going to be a good situation. There's going to be fights. So, therefore, the assumption is, Torah tells you. There has to be a significant, you know, something reasonable left to your children. The rest, you, after that, you can give to charity, and we'll define that amount. Um, but, but the point is, so ideally, you're supposed to give everything as the Torah states it, um, and equally to all the siblings after that. Okay, so equally to, to all the siblings after. How's it going? Do you lunch yet? Take care of you. Help yourself. Don't be shy. It's not a crap. Be shy. Um, so, so the issue here becomes um, it says like this in number four. No, 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 no. That be that he is angry with the, with the family, with the children of some girl. It was a long time they never talked, and they were. Yeah. So, that, so we get there. It's a good point. Yes. Good question. Meaning, uh, meaning, Elliot, please, and you decide this. The, uh, yes, that's a good question. We're going to get to your question. What happens, uh, Mr. Sid is asking, Mr. Sid Sr. is asking, what happens if the father's angry, he's angry at one child, can he, is that give him a right to give it away um, to the other child? So, so it says like this, if you look at number five, it says, Shmuel stated, she can't give it away. We're going to talk about it for one second. Okay, it says, so Shmuel stated, a judge should not preside over the writing of a will which gives a greater portion of an inheritance to a good son over a bad son. So he's answering your question. Yeah. So meaning, let's say I have one son who did something terrible and, and uh, I don't want to give him anything. Okay, I want to take him out of my will. So says the Talmud, that's, that's wrong. Even if the, the son did something wrong, it's still not a reason to, to uh, disinherit a son or a daughter, or a daughter for that matter. Okay, it's not, it's the Talmud stating it's never a good thing um, to disinherit someone. Okay, even if you did something wrong. There was a case, by the way, fascinating case that I read about in, in Chicago. Because, 
because he realizes that he makes sinners. You know, with, with, with the good song right. and the bad. Exactly, it's going to cause us a rivalry. It's not worth it, even if someone did something wrong. Mm. There was a case in Chicago. Um, this is around four years ago. I actually met the attorney who who uh, fought the case. Um, there was a case where a, a grandfather's name was Max Feinberg, I believe. Max Feinberg was a gentleman in Chicago, very rich gentleman. He left a, a will um, stating that, leaving X amount, I don't remember the amount, for all his grandchildren, well, a nice amount, and but only with the stipulation that if they married out, if they didn't marry Jewish, they're out of the will. Okay, that was his will. And uh, he had something like, I don't know, at the time, 12, 15 grandchildren. One of them um, subsequently married out. And uh, he contested the will in court. He said it's discrimination against uh, the discrimination, and he contested the will. So uh, he lost. The grandson lost. And I met, I met the attorney um, who took the case for the estate, who fought it for the estate. So in essence, you, know, you could say, listen, it's a beautiful thing. He wants to make sure the continuity of his family, make sure they all marry Jewish. But here it seems to be saying, that the, the Talmud seems to be saying, the Shulchan Aruch says that, no, you have, even if someone did something that you don't like and you're, you have a good purpose in doing that, and you will, it's still not a good thing. It doesn't say it's prohibited, but it's not a good thing. What if somebody, what if I have two children and one of them is very healthy and successful and is, let's say, Bill Gates wealthy? Then I have another child who's disabled and can't work. And it's not out of malice, but it doesn't make sense for me to leave that child money because they have billions of dollars. Right. And, and, the, and I have another child who really is in need. That's a good question. I have been asked this question before, but in practical cases, people writing their wills. So I always say, if you need to sit down with everyone before, meaning the, the goal is you don't want to cause rivalry. Even if someone has money, it's still, there's always that, it causes rivalry. I can tell you from experience, cases that I've been involved in, it's always going to cause friction in the family when you're giving more one to the other. If you sit down before and the other, the, other, the, 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 more, the one with the more means, please, <coughs> and says, you know, it's fine, I'm okay with it. That's always a better way route to go. And we're not saying you can't do that. Again, you have a right, it's your money. You can do technically whatever you want. What we're saying is to disinherit someone completely is never a good thing, because that's going to cause strife in the family, as it has in this case, in this Max Feinberg case, where you have take going to court, the family fighting the estate, and it's just, it's always going to cause strife. So if you sit down before, or if you're giving something, you can you give lesser amount or more amount, that's something else. But it's still, it's always better, in my experience, to, to see if you ever want to sit down together and discuss it. Many times they'll, they'll understand. Well, still he doesn't like this particular Johnny, you know. Right, and okay, he, but that's what we're saying, so that's a problem. That's, you shouldn't, that shouldn't be done. It shouldn't be acted upon in a will. It's never a good thing. Did I just hear you say that it should be equal? Um, or is it just well again no the, the Torah gives guidelines but technically yes it's always best to do it equally between kids because this way there's no rivalry now as far as again if someone if, if you sit down with the son or the daughter the the, uh, the, the offspring is wealthier and he doesn't understand that he doesn't need the money you explained it to him before so then it's worked it out before so many times that that works They'll be nice about it. You know, this is really interesting. So what happens if you have, let's say, a, not a child, but a niece who takes care of you mm. and does everything for you, 
and you have other relatives who never even see that. Yeah, I understand. So again, that's not the, so it was just not, a case like that. Bad. I understand your question. Nobody so there was just a case like that. I believe it's also in Illinois. I just read a case a few months back, which was case where this guy left everything to his caretaker and nothing to his kids. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, listen to the case. I'm not uh, talking about yeah, that. Yeah, instead, you said it's a similar situation. Meaning no, even though this kid, the kids did not visit him, right. and this guy felt like his caretaker, you know, did everything right. right. And, and it's going through the courts. It's still in the courts. <coughs> They're contesting it, obviously. So it's always going to cause rivalry if you're giving it to someone. Oh, um, no, that, that I'm just saying totally again. Different. Uh, okay, you can disagree, but I'm just telling you, my experience is always going to be, always going to cause strife in the family. This is not worth. It. You can, you can. I'm telling you my experience. You, you, you need to be very careful when making up your will and, and do it in a way where it's not going to cause, you know, strife. Because in most cases, it's going to be strife. So, so uh, it doesn't mean again. It doesn't mean you can't give more to the person who needs it. But as long as it's discussed prior, then there's, there's always your. You know, you're you're jealousy no matter what. The point, yes. yes. So now it says like this. It says, and that's what the Code of Jewish Law says. In this case, this exact case that I was mentioning, where you have this guy gave everything to the caretaker. It says in number six, it says, one who leaves his property to another and leaves nothing to his legal heirs, even if they are not worthy. So again, well, they didn't wait, come let, visit him. Let me understand. Was, is this read, a Let's first read it. Let's first read it. Let's first read it. So it's number six. One who leaves his property to another and leaves nothing to his legal heirs, even if they are not worthy. The spirit of the sages does not rest well, but the acquisition is valid. So again, legally, it's binding. You could, it's your money. You can do whatever you want. But again, it says the rabbis understood, and based on what I'm saying also on experience, that it's not worth it. It's not worth giving away money to one, um, to, to someone else and leaving the heirs out because it's always going to cause major problems. Um, so again, but it's a legal acquisition. It works. We're not saying it's 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 illegal. We're just saying ethically it shouldn't be done. Okay, so that's important to to understand. It. Again, if he had this particular cousin that he didn't feel that he owes him anything, and he was he was kind of mean to him or something. He didn't want to do something he told him to do. So. In this particular situation, why should he be involved in the? So you're right. If it's a cousin, we're talking about what someone who's legal heirs. He has he has kids. So the, we're talking about kids. If it's a, right. listen, I don't have to give my, my right. third cousin, you know, my estate. Now that's not, that's my choice. But the point is, if I have children, we're saying about one giving it to one child, my legal heirs, or grandchildren, even you know, that that's what we're talking about. More in that case. Okay. So now. Um, so it goes on to say perpetual charity. Um, was in that yes. case was that the caretaker just like a paid personnel yes. caretaker? Yes. So it wasn't a family member. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Probably either one then. Yeah, but I'm saying the concept is the same concept. Yes. Um, in either case, it's the same concept, which is uh, meaning you're gonna make someone very unhappy. Oh yeah. But even even in your mind, it might rightfully be so. But it's still not. Uh, it says that's what it says. The ein ruach chachamim no chemimin. The sages were not were not happy about. It. So let's yeah, let's say that mm -hmm. that uh, not that this would have anything to do with me. But let's say that that my uncle left a lot of money to me, but didn't give anything to my brothers and sisters, and unfortunately passed away. Am I no, doing yours. something? It's yours. Wrong? It's all yours as long as you give some to charity. <laughs> but is it, it seems like I'd be facilitating. No, so again, right. it's not your, listen, you didn't do anything wrong, and even, you're, even that's again, you're not a legal heir of your uncle. 
It's his prerogative to decide. It's no different than he would give it to, to Planned Parenthood or whatever. Well, he might be. You know, uh, he might be if there's, no, if there's no children. He, he, if there, that might be the way. Yeah, if, there's no, yeah if, no, if he had no children, that's something else. But, but assuming the, he had children, and his children are getting a fair share, and he decides he wants to give them Or his children are getting nothing, he decides to give them No, that's, that's, more, that's what we're saying. It's a problem. Yeah, it's not your issue in any case. Right. If I take it's all yours. You got it. You can do what you want. What we're saying is you shouldn't do it. Unless you coerced or something. So yeah. hypothetically, if the brothers and sisters of this person that got all the money blamed him for doing it, then he's in the clear. Yeah. He can blame the dead guy. Yeah. Can I mean, he use right. you as a reference? <laughs> 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 um, he can take a sure. cut and take a percentage. But, but the point is, you, you know, again, it's not the receiver's problem. It's, you didn't do anything wrong. Legally, it belongs. Like we're saying, as we said, the Code of Jewish Law says the acquisition is valid. It's 100% valid, whatever is done. But we're just saying it's not a good thing to do. It was given you in this case. More than good advice. Don't do it. As a matter of fact, it says a judge shouldn't preside, meaning in those days they didn't have attorneys doing the estates. So the judge who was presiding shouldn't preside over a state that the guy is disinheriting um, or even a greater portion to one son over the other. It's just it's, it's uh, not a good thing. We're trying to discourage it. Is really what. But it's not your, uh, not on the receiving end. The receiving end, you got it. You won the lottery. You got to go. As a matter of fact, it says the Talmud says um, it's more relevant to the lottery, but it says. That if someone, there's a blessing, in Judaism is a blessing for everyone, right? So when there's a blessing for good and a blessing for bad. So as you know, when someone, God forbid, you hear bad news, someone dies in the family, there's a, you make the blessing, Baruch Dayan Ahmed, blessed is the true judge. When something good happens, the blessing is, Baruch Hashem Al-Kerim Hatova the one who does good, who is good and does good, referring to God. So the Talmud says, if a rich uncle dies, and you're, you get inheritance, you have to make both blessings. So you make the blessing on the sad news, the guy died, but he still won the lottery. At the end of the day, you still got to think. So you make two blessings. Which blessing comes first? That's, depends how much you like the uncle. Depends, depends, depends how, how happy you are. <laughs> so, so, but there's two blessings. So you got to make both first, blessings. And the sad thing, your uncle died, but at the end of the day, it's a good thing for, uh, for the mortgage. Okay, so... Uh, so... So that's by the way, it's not only by an uncle, it's really by technically in anyone. Anytime you come into a good inheritance, or it could be even a father, if, if, if at the end of the day you're going to benefit greatly, so you have to thank God for the windfall um, in any case. Okay, so, so now the other thing is, so, so what we're saying here is really even giving charity in a certain sense, even after death where you don't have the issue of takanatusha, you don't have the issue of, again, more than a fifth, but it's still, if you're going to disinherit, the, you know, the, the heirs completely, or give them, give away so much that there's not going to be a enough, a substantial amount left, as you're saying, to your own legal heirs, that's not a good thing. So charity, even though charity is a good thing, but too much charity is not so good. Take a note. Too much charity is not good. Okay, so, uh, so the... Isn't the decision <laughs> of the person who has the money and he wants to divide it according to his way of thinking and he's not obligated to tell anybody else why he's doing it. You're not supposed to put yourself in financial this yeah, well, that's the yeah, thing. You came late. That was the first part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were already. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, so now, um, so now, but there is the the there is uh, as we said before, since charity, 
in essence, um, as we're saying, it helps you on your on your long journey. Okay, in the next life. So therefore, the, uh, kabbalistically, and there is a lot of discussion that since you're helping yourself, so in a certain sense, you have it. That's what it says in number eight. It says perpetual charity for the memory of one soul. So if I'm leaving money, and hopefully, and again, it's going to help. You know, my name's on the building now. It's going to help my soul in the eternal in eternity. So uh, are appropriate for a wealthy individual, and this is the general custom. So he's saying even though. We, dis- we don't want you to disinherit someone um, and give it to charity, but at the end of the day, depending on the charity, um, but if it's a good, a, a good charity, so then it's going to help you, and, and it's, it's, a cost, it's a matter of helping yourself in your life. So he said, that's fine. That, that's a good custom. But the, yes. but, but the Baal Shem Tev, I was told, used to walk around with uh, no soles on their shoes, and his feet would get all... Soles, as, as in, not the soles, like different the, soles, yeah. Okay. And in that case, so he's doing all of this work for the community, but he's not taking care of his own needs. And so, but he was supposed to be at a higher yeah, spiritual so, uh, level. Yeah, so it's a good question. Meaning, again, there's always a concept of chayachakod. So that's a different question, which is, what is considered needs? And we're going to get to that, because the questions we're saying, listen, Mark Zuckerberg, as, as we're saying before, he gave away 99% of his Facebook stuff, 45 billion, but he still has another couple billion for his daughter, Mac. So, so that's, assuming that would be enough. His daughter. Let's say the one billion. Let's assume, right? But people have different lifestyles. So, how do you define what's enough? Um, so, could for the Baljavtov, he was fine. You know, whatever. He was happy with what he got. Well, it's really a matter of perspective. So, this is a, it's interesting in charity, and people are shocked by this law because it doesn't sound. I think we mentioned here in the past. It, normally, within within the laws of charity, charity is to take care of the person's needs. Okay. So, if you have, let's say tomorrow, um, um, you know, Tom Walton will lose everything. Okay, Walmart goes bankrupt, he has nothing, okay, which has happened to people in the past. So we're, our obligation now is to provide him, to restore him to what his normal lifestyle was. So if he flew around on a private jet, we have to help him get, those charity is not about the amount, per se. It's, it's helping someone, you know, feel good about themselves. So the only way if someone, you know, a year ago, you know, was on top of the world, he was, uh, yeah, you know, major stock in an energy company, and now that company bet went bankrupt, and he has nothing left, and now he's making a wedding. Now, you know, he could just serve, uh, you know, bread at the wedding, and, you know, whatever it is, you know, give something, but he, his status level, he would be embarrassed. So our job is really to, to the charity is to keep that person at the status. Now, obviously, it sounds crazy. I mean, you're not going to give the guy millions of dollars when other people are starving, okay? Meaning, in, that's in the ideal world where we've taken care of the people who are starving, so now the person who's missing, you know, now we can restore this guy to his status level. But in the real world, as we know, there's no such thing. I mean, it doesn't work like that because there's always people who need the money to eat. So then you're, you're not going to give this guy his private check. But ideally, in, in, if we had unlimited funds, then charity includes getting someone, keeping them at their status. And this has happened, by the way. I've dealt with case people, you know, in the last recession, in, you know, 2008, whatever it was, people who lost... The people who would be embarrassment for them to to serve, you know, certain things. They can make a cheap wedding, but if they don't have filet mignon at the wedding, everyone will know they're not doing well. So, so do you lend that money to do that to, to make that wedding? You know, you know. So that so it's it's a, it's a touchy subject. People hear that and they go, well, why should I help the guy? So so that's where it comes. It plays a role. I don't remember what your question was. But I'm trying to answer. It doesn't either. <laughs> it was more about. Giving charity without uh, causing self-destruction. Right, no, so that my point was that Bashanto, so he needs very little. 
So you might think, you know, this is a poor guy, but he, like, the point is he can survive on that, and he can give away the rest. So he, you know, each person needs to know what their level of living is, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so, because this, because this, if you look at this, this addresses this issue, which is the bottom paragraph. It says, Ramosha finds he allows substantial charitable death bequests. Um, you know, in response to him, he was asked this question. Someone had given away um, most, uh, most, almost most of his money um, in his will. Okay, and the, the kids were not happy about it. So he writes there, he says, this, is, this was written, by the way, I believe in 19... Um, I don't remember. Oh, I have it there. 1966, says the year. Okay, so much advice to last substantial charitable death request as long as he leaves the sons a significant amount. And he declares, so this is what he writes, this is 1966, so I don't know what that is in today's numbers. He says, as long as he left each son a $1,000, that's sufficient. So this guy gave away all his money to charity, and the... And the Kids were complaining. So Ramosh says, listen, as long as he leaves something substantial, in his mind, something substantial was $1,000, which doesn't sound like a lot to me, even in 1966, but that was before my time. I can't tell you. Um, so he says, leaving each set of 1000 is sufficient. He argues that even those who are not childless ought to worry about the post-mortem consequences of various sins, and regardless, it is always in one's personal interest to gain additional merit, meaning to give charity in your will, give some form of charity in your will, because again, that will help you um, in your future life. He further suggests that the prohibition against disinheritance applies only when it is motivated primarily by the desire to disinherit. So if you're doing it because you want to, you know, because you're upset at that kid, so that's when he says it's prohibited. And the good deed is merely a secondary consideration. Um, but where the primary motivation is the good deed, so I really want to support this organization. I really believe they're better, and I believe they'll do better with their money than uh, if I give it to my son. Okay, so in that case, he says, where your motivation is not because you want to disinherit, because you don't like your son. Your, your motivation is you really want to help this cause. So he says, then it's fine. Um, he says, then there's no prohibition of disinheritance. There's no problem at all, provided that the heirs are left a significant amount. Again, and that's where it gets into this definition. How do you define a significant amount? Um, each person's lifestyle is different. You know, what's, what's a luxury for one is a necessity for another. So that becomes, again, it's a slippery slope. It's a gray area and how exactly to define that. How do you define what's a significant amount? I don't know. It's a good question. Okay, so now I found um, also the Chavetz Chaim right here. Um, Chavetz Chaim says, do not lavish more than a fifth. Um, that, that concept, as we originally mentioned in Takana Susha, he says, of lavishing more than a fifth is not applicable to the very wealthy. So this is what gets the question, as many of you said before, which is Mark Zuckerberg is an exception. The guy is giving away 45 billion, but but uh, sorry, but he is uh, he still has plenty more. So is there an exception? So Chavetz Chaim seems to imply that there is. He says like this. He says the concept of the, of not lavishing more than a fifth to charity is not applicable to the very wealthy, where they never made the enactment. He says the original enactment, Takana was not applicable in a case where um, where where someone's very wealthy. So as long as he endows endows it prior to his death. He will not have to be supported by society. It is then permitted, as we see from the story of Marokfa. So he's understanding that original quote that we said. The reason why he was allowed to do it was because he had plenty of other money. So once you have uh, a, a, lot, a lot of other money, so we don't care even, uh, even if you're giving away more than a fifth. He's saying that's an exception. Some say that the enactment was only of more than a fifth. It was only when he was seeking out the poor. But as the poor are coming, so there's another exception to the rule. He says... That prohibition is if I'm going and I have an organization I want to support, so I can't give away more than a fifth of my net worth um, and go and send them a check for that. But 
if they're coming, if a poor person knocks on my door and needs money, and they're starving or whatever, they're, and they have to make a wedding, whatever the case is, in that case it says there's no violation, one second, one second, there's no violation of more than a fifth in that situation. Okay, that's what he says. If the poor are coming to me in need of food or clothing or captives, let's say some, there's a hostage situation and they have to redeem a hostage. So he says in that case there's no prohibition of more than a fifth. Um, and this is a pious act. Yes, well, we will. But in, in, in the same time, if this particular person is sick and, he, and he's, he's a relative of something to this particular person and then he leaves him out and he uses different situations which are not relatives to him and he favors better those people, is he, is he, is he liable that he should give <coughs> is he liable that he must must take in consideration the person who is a relative of him and he just leaves him out because he had a, a sex with him right, so again, time. so if you're leaving him out, that's what Rabbi Feinstein is saying, if you're leaving them out because you're not happy with them because you want to, so that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. If your goal is to give charity, you're saying if your intention was to give charity, not to disinherit them because you don't like them. Then that's he's not going to ask the goal. He uses his own. Yeah, instead, so yeah, we're, we're is trusting he him. Liable and nobody, somebody can sue him because no, he's no, 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 no one's suing anyone here. Nobody's suing. Well, but yeah, he's not. Yeah, so that that again, it depends on his intention. A person has to know what his intention is. He says, of course, if it's, if it's for life-saving measures, then of course you have to give more than a fifth. So meaning, if you could save someone's life, um, literally it's a situation with someone, whatever the case is, someone needs a surgery, they don't have health insurance, he says then the cap of the fifth was only in a, in a regular circumstance where you're giving to some organization where it's not life-saving. Again, the, um, the exception we're saying is you don't, um, if you're a billionaire, that's not an issue. Where do you draw the line? What happens if you're a millionaire? So, so again, it's not clear. Um, so so to, to sum it up over here, it says in conclusion, normally a person should not donate more than one-fifth of his assets to charity, as we're saying. A person's first obligation is to provide for himself and his family. So that's a key thing, as we discussed, I think, when we discussed the refugee situation. So there's a concept called, in, in, in Jewish law, which is a very important concept, called Chayecha Kodman. Your life always takes precedence um, over someone else's. So, so you, you don't risk your own life, and really, really, which is what boils down to, that was the issue of Takana Zushin. If you're going to give away more than a fifth of your net worth, there's a concern that you're going you're gonna to be, you're, you're, you're ruining your own life. So again, your life always takes precedence in all Jewish law um, over someone else's and over any charity. So therefore, again, it doesn't mean that if you need to make a payment on your Jaguar um, and someone else is starving, then you don't, that's not what it means. It means your life in the sense of, of um, a normal lifestyle. Um, what, but uh, you know, if you can't, you know, you know, you need a new uh, Mercedes every year. That's not gonna. I don't know if that's what it's referring to. So of course you have to you have to be objective. Um, but it says so. It gets, that's a very important co co uh, concept and principle is that your first obligation and, and, and even by the way in the laws of charity, as we discussed also in the past, which is your, in the laws of charity there's a hierarchy. If you have, everyone has limited funds and therefore you have to decide when you're deciding who gets when you're doling out your charity. So there's a hierarchy and family always comes first. Your first obligation is to your immediate family um, who needs the money. So even if, if there's another poor person, but if your immediate, someone in your immediate family needs the money, they always come before um, anyone else, okay? Before, surely before people in Darfur or you know, the people on late night TV who want your money. There's no question, family comes first. And we mentioned that, 
Um, and Alan even agreed that even your ex-wife is on the list in hierarchies, meaning there, I think it's like number four or five on the list. So even yes, your put my ex-wife on Alio's list. Yeah. So even your the ex comes before um, other poor people. Okay, whether you like it or not. So don't think of her as an ex-wife. Think of her as the mother of your children. That's the problem. Why? That's why we're going to. So don't think of her as your ex-wife. Think of her as the mother of your children. How do you differentiate tax from charity? Tax. Well, was, was there a taxation system at the time? Yes. Yeah, so, so listen. There's a yeah. There's something. Not a state to, tax. Though. No, but there was a Jewish tax probably in society. There is taxes. No, that's that's charity again. But but the point is yeah, it's a good taxes. question. So you're exempt. I mean, in a case again where it's paying the tax, or which was necessary to charity to help society, would be more than a fifth of your net worth. You're probably exempt. I'm assuming I went along with the same law. So if, if paying the tax would be more than a fifth of your net worth. And it would be a problem. So it's so it's a discrimination case if they continue to pay the current tax rate because they're going against their religion. I mean, Bernie Sanders. Or even then, there would be Republicans because no. we're only supposed to pay, according to this, up to twenty percent. Yeah. Max of twenty percent. But again, that's, I don't know if that's charity. I mean, it, for, it depends what well, it's, it's used. Good question. Give it to somebody who's not. How do you define charity, charity, and how do you you know? Um, what's the benefit? So it depends. In real, that's where it depends on Republican what the, what the money's going for. Meaning, uh, meaning, is it charitable? Is it for social, you know, welfare? Or is it for, you know, it's a good question. So uh, it's a good, it's a good question. I don't think it's in services for it. The situation where you have a, a relative um, who is had alcohol and drug abuse problems is. Is that, and, and, and you don't want to... Well, that's something else. You can't support someone who's going to do something bad with the money. I mean, you're, you're condoning or assisting in their sin. That's different. Because anyway, if you speak to, I mean, you speak to therapists and they'll tell you don't, shouldn't be giving those people money um, and helping them because they're just, they're just a vicious cycle. So that's a good point. The executor has a right to ask for the person's medical records and have them tested before they distribute the money. That's the way it was handled in one particular case. But I'm sure a lot of people probably disinherit a particular person not out of malice, but because they don't right. want so to again, go if you're doing it, that's today. something else, right? If they're if they're doing something, if they have an illegal business, they're say they're selling drugs, and you're assisting them by giving them money. Then it's obviously that's or a whole they different could, problem. They could take them and kill themselves. Yeah, it's a whole different issue. So uh, that obviously, of course, you, you shouldn't do it. That's how yeah. So just to, to finish off, here, it says. Um, um, so person's again, first obligation is to provide for himself and his family. If he's overly generous, he finds himself unable to fulfill these obligations. But this limit does not apply to a testamentary gift, which is after after life, right? Testamentary is, is a bequest. There is a debate as to the limits. Some allow up to one-third of a state, others permit up to one-half of their state. A third opinion is any amount, provided that a significant sum is left to the halachic heirs, and that's what we said. As long as you're leaving something substantial to the heirs, with the rest you can do whatever you want. A person's priority in charity should be in his own family. We said that already. If he has relatives that are struggling, it would be more appropriate to leave the estate to them than to support an unrelated charity. Um, okay, so. You have been listening to the MP3 project from the Jewish Ethics Institute. For a complete selection of our lectures, please visit our website at j-ethics.com. Shalom.